in, in our family series last week, we looked at the tragedy of a divided family. We saw the family of Isaac divided, Isaac having his own favorite child, and then the wife, Rebecca, having her own favorite child. We saw something very important in the life of one of the children, the fact that somebody can sell the blessings, your future, by just one single passion that you feel that must be met now. Esau sold his birthright, and he was never the same. And today, we want to develop that very, very important aspect because it was not just Esau in the Bible who lost his birthright. It is something very, very important for us believers today to make sure that we do not sell our birthright. So we are looking at the tragedy of selling your birthright. Let's look again at that Genesis chapter 25 from verse 29. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished, very hungry, tired. And he said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of your red stew. I am famished. Verse 31, Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Get the word, what Esau said. He said, quick. When the devil wants to rob you of your right, he makes you think that if you don't do it now, you are dead, you are finished. Esau said, quick. And Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. And in verse 32, he said, look, I am about to die. You are not about to die. If you don't do that particular thing that the devil is telling you to do, you will not die. He is telling you that if you don't do it, you are finished. But he is looking for an opportunity to ruin your future. I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? Your birthright, that position of blessing is good to you. And the devil is telling you, what good is it to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright. Verse 34, then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentils too. He ate, drank, and then got up and left. It may have taken him ten minutes. So Esau despised his birthright. What did he do? He exchanged the right and the privilege of the firstborn, the blessings that come with the firstborn. By just the simple fact of being a firstborn, there were many privileges, there were many rights, there were blessings awaiting him in future. He exchanged it for the opportunity of having something to eat. Your birthright. Selling your birthright means despising something precious, the precious gift of God for the temporal pleasure that is before you. Selling your birthright means 
giving, handing over your position just because there is something you want to benefit now, some pleasure you want to benefit now. Selling your birthright is losing your position now and losing your future inheritance. All the blessing of God that all the blessing that God has for you can be lost by just simple choices that you make. For every one of us, there are blessings reserved in store for you. God has wonderful blessing for each and every one of us. But you can lose the blessing by the wrong choices. Desiring that which will soon pass away is above that which has eternal value. Desiring the temporal things of this world above eternal things. It is choosing the position, a better position before men, and desiring that you have no position before God. It is choosing to please men rather than God. It is choosing the treasures of this world rather than the treasures of the world to come. It is dealing with the here and now. As I say, quick, I am dying. Give me or else I will die. You will not die. The devil tells you, if you don't do it, you will die. You are finished. And after you have done it, you start regretting. You miss the greatness that God has in store for you by the simple passion that is on your heart. The devil tells you, do it, do it, do it, do it now. It is choosing to gain the whole world at the expense of your soul. The Lord Jesus Christ said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? To tell you that your soul is far more important than all the treasures of this world. Somebody who sells his birthright reaches a point that he does not value his salvation. Your salvation, your relationship with God was bought at the price. The price of the blood of Jesus Christ. If you do not value the blood of Jesus, if you do not value the Son of God that came and went to the cross and laid down his life for you, if you do not know that the Lord Jesus Christ is far greater than whatever this world can ever give you, you will soon sell your birthright. You don't value your salvation. You don't value the things of God. You don't value your relationship with God. It is dealing with the here and now, without caring what will happen tomorrow, without thinking about eternity. It is choosing to gain the whole world at the expense of your soul. It is choosing wealth instead of your, a wealthy relationship with God. It is despising the sacrifice that Jesus Christ offered on the cross in order to purchase you Back to God, it is despising that relationship with God and despising that sacrifice that was offered for your relationship with God to be re-established. What shall it profit you if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? 
What does it mean to sell your birthright? It is declaring to God that you are not worthy to be entrusted with things of eternal value. It is telling God, I am like Esau. I despise this valuable thing that you have given to me. Don't trust me for anything tomorrow. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, maybe we should open there. Let's open our Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Verse 6, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pals to pigs. If you do, they will trample them on their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. He said, don't throw that which is of, of great value to dogs. Don't throw godly pals to pigs. If you do it, they will trample on, on it and turn and want to tear you to pieces. God has given to you godly pals, something of value, far more important, more valuable than gold and you want to abandon it and then begin to look for that which cannot be equated with the sacrifice that Jesus offered for you on Calvary. Do not throw that which has value to dogs. Do not throw that which has value to pigs. You, you take gold and throw at pigs and take a banana peelings and throw, at, throw to the pigs. They will prefer banana peelings there are many people who do not value their relationship with God. They, they, they value the things of this world. They value the banana peelings. They value that which will soon pass away. When you cannot value that which caused God his only begotten son, how will God ever trust you? How will God ever value you? How will God ever see you as worthy to be given that which is eternal? Esau despised that which was given to him even though he did not labor for it. And that's what grace is. Salvation is by grace. And grace alone. And because it is a free gift, many people despise it. Many people despise their relationship with God. We are going to look at four people who lost their birthrights. Who sold their birthright. And the impact upon them. We have been talking about Esau. How did the loss of Esau's birthright become manifest in his life? When the time came for him to receive the blessing, he cried and cried and cried, but it was too late. And that's how the, the life of many people are. They are wondering, why is it that I labor, but blessings are always running away from me? Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 16 and 17. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance right as the oldest son, his inheritance right. Afterwards, what as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. You are longing for blessings. You are longing for promotion. 
You are longing to be lifted high. You are longing for wealth. And God actually has all those blessings for you. But if you are not careful along the journey of life, you will sell that blessing. And one day, when you long for it, the Bible says he was rejected. He was rejected because he despised that which God had given are you longing for one day to inherit the blessings? Are you laboring for promotion, for blessing, for success? Meanwhile, you have done something already that gives away that blessing, that which God had in store for you, you have despised it and sold it away. The Bible says afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. He could bring no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. He cried and cried and cried and cried, but there was no change of mind. Don't take an action today that will block you tomorrow. Don't despise the treasure God has given to you. That one day, when you are longing to enter into your inheritance, it is said of you that you sold that inheritance sometime back because of your action. There was a passion upon your heart. If I cannot do this now, I cannot do this, I will die, I will die, I will die. You will not die if you do not surrender to that sexual passion. You will not die if you do not if you do not have that particular possession. Don't compromise your relationship with God just to fulfill one passion that is on your heart. If you do that, you move along the journey of life without God. And when you are you reach the time when you are to inherit your blessing, your blessing you will not have it because you sold the right of your inheritance. When the time came, so how did the fact that Esau sold his birthright, how did it affect him? When the time came to inherit the blessing, he had lost it. The inheritance could be lost. Even though Jacob went away and left all the possession because it was Esau that remained where the possession of the father was. Jacob went with nothing, came back with great wealth. He went with nothing, but he went with God. Esau remained, but today, what did Esau become? Today we know about the, the, the Israelite, the descendant of Jacob. Esau disappeared to nothingness. Esau never entered the purposes of God. Jacob entered the purposes of God. Don't miss what God has in store for you. Don't compromise your work with God. Don't yield to disobedience so that one day when you, you have reached a point when you ought to inherit that God, which God had in store for you, it is no longer there because you sold it away to the enemy. And that's the life of many people today. They are constantly laboring. 
constantly hoping that one day they will enter into the blessing without confronting the fact that they lost the blessing sometime back when they compromised their relationship with God. They despise their relationship with God. How did the fact that Esau sold his birthright affected him? The, the descendant of Esau, instead of entering into the purposes of God, were constantly fighting the purposes of God. And that is why there are many families, many families, when they hear the gospel, they resist the gospel. They fight the servant of God. They fight the purposes of God just because of one act that took place in the past. Their parent did something, compromised, and planted the seed of unbelief in their family. And there are some family, it is very easy, when their hearts are tender, the heart of the children are tender, when they hear the gospel, they respond, when they, they see the things of God, they give themselves to the things of God, and as a result of that, God follows them in that family. But for others, resistance, hardened, and God departed. How did the fact that Esau sold his birthright, how did it affect him, his marriage life? Why was his marriage life important? It is, was his marriage life that was of critical importance to block him into the purposes of God. If you marry the wrong person in the wrong way, you will lose the purposes of God. You will lose your place in the purposes of God. Genesis chapter 26. We are saying that because he has sold his birthright, that which would have plucked him in into the purposes of God, he missed it and started marrying wrongly. Genesis chapter 26. Genesis 26. Verse 34 and 35. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Beri the Hittite, and also uh, Bethmath, daughter of Elon the Hittite. They were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. He married from the tribe that God had planned to destroy. He married from the tribe that the grandfather, Abraham, was warning his servant not to get a wife from here for his son from there. He married a Hittite, a Canaanite. Let's go to Genesis chapter 24. It's of critical importance that we understand this because your marriage can pluck you into the purposes of God or your marriage can take you away from the purposes of God. Genesis 24 from verse 1. Abraham, when Abraham was now old and well advanced in years and the Lord had blessed him in everywhere. All well advanced in years and blessed by God in every way because God called him to bless him. Verse 2, he said to the chief servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, and God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanite among whom I am living. 
But we go to my country and my own relative and get a wife for my son Isaac. Abraham had to get somebody to swear, commit himself that Isaac will not marry a Hittite, will not marry a Canaanite, will not marry from this tribe that God had planned to destroy in order to give that land to the Israelites. Because Esau was blind. Esau came and fell into the trap of marrying from the tribe, the tribe that God had planned to uproot. When your heart is not correct, you will miss your blessings by the wrong wife or the wrong husband. Wife without God, husband without God. When you have lost the favor of God, you don't care the type of person you marry. You go and marry a pagan, marry an unbeliever, and as a result of that, you want to bring God into fellowship with Satan. Something that can never happen. What Abraham was, got somebody to swear and commit himself that he will never do for Isaac, the father of Esau, is exactly what Esau is doing. Esau came out of the favor of God by marrying from the tribe that God had told his people never to get married to. Does the type of person you marry matter to you? Yes. Because the Bible is clear, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers because there's nothing, light has nothing in common with darkness, Satan has nothing in common with Christ, a believer has nothing in common with an unbeliever. For a believer to set out to go and get married to an unbeliever, it is always an indication that he has lost God somewhere. When somebody has lost God, he doesn't care the type of person he gets married to. For a person who got married to an unbeliever when he was an unbeliever and later unbeliever, it is a different thing. God will be merciful to you and one day can cause your partner to believe. But for a person who knows that I am not supposed to do this and take his full step, for his steps and go and get married to somebody without God, such a person is actually saying, you have lost the favor of God already. You are backslidden already. And that was the life of Esau. What Abraham had to get somebody to swear never to do because he knew if Isaac did that, the favor of God would depart from Isaac. That was exactly what Esau was doing. By his married life, he demonstrated the fact that God had departed. He had no God. He could not have favor with God. Your marriage will eliminate you from your inheritance, or your marriage will block you into the inheritance. Have you already lost God to the extent that such things don't mean much to you? They will mean something to you tomorrow. I know of a sister. She reached a point she wanted to get married. The leader, she, she decided to marry an unbeliever. She's the one who told me the story. 
And she said, the leaders did everything to block her. She decided and got married. And she told me, Brother Mike, I have suffered. And she showed me wounds on her body. When the man will come back with a, with a woman and tell her, go and sleep in the other room. And enter with a prostitute in their bedroom. And he say, you dare speak. And when she speaks, the man will beat her and beat her and beat her. The man was the embodiment of a child of the devil. And there's nothing that a child of the devil cannot do to you tomorrow. Don't have your father-in-law as the devil because you decided to go and marry an unbeliever. Something is wrong. You will lose the favor of God. What went wrong? Because Esau uh, 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 sold his birthright. Malachi, Malachi chapter 1. From verse 2. The Lord said, I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? The Lord said, yet I loved Jacob, but Esau I hated. When you sell your birthright, God will hate you. God gave you privileges. God gave you opportunities. God gave you blessing. God gave you a great future. And in a twinkle of an eye, you sell it. He said, I hated Esau. And I have turned his mountain into a wasteland and left his inheritance to the desert jackals. Do you want to be hated by God? He said, Jacob, I love because Jacob valued the birthright. Jacob valued the things of God. Esau hated, Esau despised that which was given to him by grace. And God said, I hated Esau. When you sell your birthright, compromise your relationship with God. Give away that which God gave you by the, the, the blood of his son. The word of God says, Esau I hated and I have turned his mountain into a wasteland. And God said he hated him and brought a curse on him. There are those that God loves and bring a blessing on them. And there are those that God hates them because of their ways of life. And turned their mountain into a wasteland. And left his inheritance to the, to the desert jackals. Can you imagine that your inheritance has been given to animals? You plant your crops. You start your business. Wastages, wastages, wastages all the time. Others are starting and making profit, but yours, you always start and it collapse. They will always collapse. Your businesses are always collapsing because something is wrong. You have lost the favor of God. God loved Jacob, and God is very, very clear. I hated Esau because Esau despised the gift of God. And God said, he turned the mountain of Esau into a wasteland and handed over his inheritance to animal jackals. Verse 4, Edom may say, though we have been crushed, we will rebuild the ruins. But this is what the Lord Almighty said, they may build, but I will demolish. That's what it means you may be very determined and say, even though this has not succeeded, I will do it again. I will do it again. You go and do it again, God will demolish it because you treated that which God handed over to you with spite. 
you despise your birthright, despise your relationship with God, you compromise, despise just the name of being called a child of God. You went and did filthy things that turned the name into a curse. They may build, but I will demolish. They will be called the wicked land. Listen to what is being said concerning Esau. They will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. Those who value their birthright are a people who are always under the love of God, under the blessing of God. But those who despise, you despise your relationship with God for the sake of money, you go to get the bribe. For the sake of wealth, you go to sell your birthright. For the sake of the 10 minutes of sexual pleasure, you go and to, to despise your relationship with God just because you have a sexual passion. Just because somebody has promised you promotion, a job, you go to sell your body. You go in order to, to forget the fact that you are a child of God and compromise your relationship with God. He says, they will be called the wicked land, a people always under the wrath of the Lord. So Jacob was Thank lost. Thank you for calling me. Jacob was lost. Jacob was loved, but Esau was hated. Number three. Esau did not care about the feelings of his parents. Why is that important? There are blessings that come upon us through the feel, the, through the, 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 our parents. Esau did not care at all about the feelings of his parents. He made he grieved the heart of his parents. And as a result of that, when you grieve your parents, how will the blessing that God ordained for you through your parents ever come to you? They cannot come to you. We are in Genesis chapter 20, 27. Genesis 27. Verse 46. Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I am disgusted with living because of this Hittite woman. Earlier we saw that when he married the Hittite woman, it was a source of pain, of grief to his parents. If Jacob takes a wife from among the women of this land, from the Hittite women like this, my life will not be worth living. Can you imagine your parents telling you that their life is not worth living just because of, of the action you have carried out? He brought pain to the parent, and by bringing pain to your parent, you will miss certain blessings that could only come to you because your parents were happy. They may never open their mouth to say they bless you, but when you bring joy to your parents, there are blessings that flows from above through them to touch your life. When a child does not care about the feeling of his parent, he misses something. There are blessings that come upon a child through parent. Parents release those blessings when they are happy with you. So by losing his birthright, there were a lot at stake. Many things began to go wrong. Hated by God. Many things began to go wrong. 
the relationship we ought to have with the parent, he could not have. Even Isaac, that loved him, that had preferred him to Jacob, was feeling pain because of Esau. He started marrying the wrong women, even when he knew that he had married the wrong, uh, wrong women, two wives almost at the same, on the same day, he went again and married the wrong one, an Ishmaelite. That was the case of, Jake, uh, uh, of Esau. Let's look at the second person in the Bible who also missed his birthright, lost his birthright, lost the, 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 the privilege that was given to him by God for blessings. Reuben. Genesis chapter 49. We are looking at the first son of, of, of Jacob. Reuben. Genesis 49 from verse 1. Then Jacob called for his son and said, Gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in days to come. Assemble and listen, sons of Jacob. Listen to your father Israel. He told them, come, I am going to tell you what will, what will happen in days to come. Verse 3, Reuben, you are my firstborn. So Reuben was the firstborn of Jacob. What a privilege. What a privilege to be the firstborn. Not because you wanted, but because God decided that you will be blessed. You have the double portion. You'll be a leader. You'll be a head, and all that will follow. But he told Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might. The sign, the first sign of my strength. He said, excelling in honor, excelling in power. Look at what was happening to Reuben. Excelling in honor, excelling in power. Verse 4, Toblen as waters, you will no longer excel. He told Reuben, you are, the, you are my firstborn, the first sign of my strength. You are excelling in honor, excelling in power. You are honored all over because you were the firstborn. But you have a problem. You are unstable, toppling like water. And that's the type of, that was Jack, uh, Esau. Quick, 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 quick. For marriage, two, two women at once. The parent only saw him bringing two women at marriage. Who are the Hittites? Turbulent as water. And the father said, you will no longer excel. You will no longer excel. Great opportunity. Great privileges. And the father said, you will no longer excel. Why? For you went up onto, my, onto your father's bed, onto my coat, and defiled it. You went to my bed and defiled it. Let's look at what happened to uh, what exactly did this, this man, Reuben, do? Genesis chapter 35, verse 22. While Israel was living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Bilia. Israel heard about of it. He went and slept with the father's concubine. 
had a sexual relationship with the father's concubine. On that day, the father heard about it and the father said nothing. Reuben thought the father was too weak. Now that I'm old, big enough, the father cannot discipline me. The father is even afraid of me. He started comparing himself with the father. And that's how many children are. I went and slept with the same woman the father has slept with. Slept with, with, with the stepmother. When the father heard about it, the father was quiet. But carried it on his heart. God may be silent now, but the day of reckoning is coming. A day is coming when God will speak. A day is coming. So, for many years, they were in the land of Canaan, then finally went to Egypt, and when Jacob was about to die, these are many years, he told Reuben, I have not forgotten the day you went to your father's bed and slept with his wife. And as a result of that, you will no longer excel. That's what it means. That's what it, it means when you sell your birthright. When you despise that which God has given to you. Every privilege comes with responsibility. When you are so indisciplined that you can yield to your passion. You can, you can despise that, that thing which God has given to you. Just because you have a passion, you must eat now. You must do this thing now. You must buy that car now. You must sleep with that woman now. You must sleep with that man now. You are ruining your future when it happens, everything may look as if everything is still normal. He despised the father. Esau despised God. Reuben despised the father. No respect for the father. What were the manifestation of this? He's losing his birth. He is birthright. He was stripped of his leadership position. The double portion, the right of the firstborn was taken away from Reuben and given to Joseph. That's why two of Joseph's children, Ephraim and Manasseh, are listed among the tribe of Israel. He lost his birthright. He missed it. The right of the firstborn was taken away from him. Reuben never had any distinctiveness. He never rose to become anything in Israel. He never rose to become anything in Israel. Reuben was so good. He was leading his, uh, uh, his brothers. He was actually one of the, 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 those who pleaded that Joseph should not be killed. But there was a stain that was waiting to be proclaimed concerning his life. Do not, like Reuben, give up to that passion. That passion will not kill you. It is animals who must fulfill their passion 
Their sexual passion must be fulfilled. A person that cannot control his passion, his passion for food, his passion for wealth, his passion for a new car, his passion for this, his passion for this, if you cannot control it, it will one day ruin you and starve you of the blessing that God has for you in future. First Chronicle chapter 5. The sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, chapter verse 1. He was the firstborn, but when he defied his father's marriage bed, his right as firstborn were given to the sons of Joseph, son of Israel. So he could not be listed in the generical record in accordance with his birthright. He had the opportunity that came from God. It was not earned. He did not labor to have it. It was given to him by God. But because of what he did, the Bible says he was the firstborn. But when he defied his father's marriage bed, his right as firstborn were given to the sons of Joseph. So he could not be listed in the genealogical record in accordance with his birthright. What have you done that will block you tomorrow? There is hope. There is still hope. You can turn to the Lord and something can take place in your life. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 33, let's open our Bible to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 33. When Moses was about to bless the tribe of Israel. 33 verse 6. He said about Reuben, let Reuben live and not die. Death had been introduced in his life. And he said, no, his men be few. There was a curse of any death that had come into the life of Reuben. There was a curse of smallness. Moses is here breaking a particular curse because if you have reached that point in your life when you have sold your birthright, you can turn and their power can be broken over your life if only you repent. Moses said, let Reuben live and not die. Why did he say that? Because early death had been introduced into his life. It needed Moses, a man of spiritual authority, to break that power. And he said, let his men not be few, because Reuben, who was the firstborn, and even started producing children before others, his men were becoming fewer and fewer and fewer. The curse that his father had put upon him was operating as have curses been put upon you that need to be broken, there is hope. You can turn to the Lord and through repentance and turn and the power of that curse over your life may be broken. Reuben never entered the promised land. In the book of Numbers chapter 32, let's open our Bible to the book of Numbers chapter 32. Reuben never entered the promised land. 
The Reubenite, the Gadite, who had very large flocks, head and floor, so that the land of Jaza and Gilead were suitable for livestock. So they came to Moses and Eleazar the priest, and to the leaders of the community and said, Ashtaroth, Jibon, Gaza, Jaza, Nimra, Hezbon, Elele, Seban, Nebo, and Buan, the land the Lord subdued before the, the people of Israel are suitable for livestock. And your servant have livestock. If we have found favor in your eyes, they said, let this land be given to your servant. Do not make us cross the Jordan. They gave value to their animal, to their livestock, rather to their life, entering the promised land. They prefer to remain on the other side because of their animals. When somebody has lost his birthright, lost the favor of God, lost that relationship with God, he starts valuing material things instead of his work with God. Tell him about any big job anywhere that will give him a lot of money and then it will come at the cost of his salvation. He doesn't care. He prefers that fertile land. He prefers that prosperity instead of prosperity of his soul. So before the crossing to Jordan, they saw land, and then they said, we don't want to cross the Jordan because this land is suitable for our animals. Are you so caught up with only business ideas without confronting how all those business ideas will affect your relationship with God? It is one job, one business opportunity after the other at the detriment, to the detriment of your relationship with God. Opportunities are not bad, but that which will destroy your relationship with God makes mean that you have sold your birthright. Reuben did not enter, Reuben, God, and half-tribe of Manasseh, they did not enter the promised land. Are you one of those who do not, you don't value a thing, eternal things, things of eternal value. They value their possession, they value their animals more than their relationship with God. Do you value your business? Do you value your job? Do you value your houses? Do you value your possession more than your relationship with God? Then something has taken place in your life. You have lost God somewhere. <clears throat> And because they did not enter the promised land, the first group of the children of Israel that went to captivity were the Transjordan uh, 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 group. The Reubenite, the Gadite, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they were taken to captivity more than 100 years before the Israelites ever went to captivity. It means that you will have, but you will not keep. You will lose it at the hand of the devil, if you have lost God. Let's briefly look at the last person who equally lost his birthright. Amnon, the first son of David. The first son of David. Second Samuel chapter 13. By being the first son of David, he was meant to be the heir to the throne. He was meant to be the next king after David. He had the opportunity to become the next king. 
from verse 1. In the course of time, Amnon, son of David, fell in love with Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, son of David. Amnon became frustrated to the point of illness on the account of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible for her to do for him to do anything to her. Amnon had a friend named Jonadab, son of Shemaiah, David's brother. Jonadab was a very shrewd man. He asked Amnon, "Why are you? Why do you, the king's son, look so haggard morning after morning? Wouldn't you tell me?" Amnon said to him, I am in love with Tamar, my brother, Absalom's sister. Go to bed and pretend to be ill. Jonadab said, when your father come to see you, say to him, I would like my sister Tamar to come and give me something to eat. Let her prepare the food in my side so I may wash her and then eat it from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. When the king came to see him, Amnon said, I would like my sister Tamar to come and make some special bread in my side so I may eat from her hand. David sent word to Tamar at the palace, go to the house of your brother Amnon and prepare some food for him. So Tamar went to the house of, house of her brother Amnon who was lying down. She took some dough, kneaded it, made bread in his side and baked it. Then she took the pan and served him the bread, but he refused to eat. Send everyone out of here, Amnon said. So everyone left him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring me the food into the bedroom so I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the bread she had prepared and brought it to her brother Amnon in his bedroom. But when she took it, took it to him to eat, he grabbed her and said, come to bed with me, my sister. Don, my brother, she said, don't force me. Such a thing should not be done in Israel. Don't do this wicked thing. What about me? Where could I get rid of my disgrace? And what about you? You will be like one of the wicked fools in Israel. Please speak to the king. He will not keep me from being married to you. But he refused to listen. And seeing he was stronger, she, he raped her. Then Amnon hated her with intense hatred. In fact, he hated her more than he had loved her. Amnon said to her, get up, get out. No, she said, sending me out will be a greater wrong than what you have already done to me. But he is refused to listen to her. He called his personal servant and said, get this woman out of here. Bolt the door after her. So his servant put her out and bolted the door. Amnon saw the sister and had, a, had lost sexual passion after, after her and deceived the, the, the king, pretended to be sick. And King David sent the sister to go and prepare food. Amnon listened to a wrong, the wrong advice because evil company will corrupt your good moral. The type of people you listen to, you receive your advice from would determine what you will become. He listened, pretended to be ill. The sister came, prepared the food. She re he requested, bring the food right to my bedroom. And the sister in her innocency, never suspecting that he was dealing with a wicked person, cap cap captured by the devil. She went 
He grabbed her, raped her, and then the what he called love was transformed into hatred. Every true love waits. That so-called passion, that so-called love, that you must sleep, you must have sexual relationship with somebody. That's what is called an animal type of life. It is animal that don't care. When they have a passion, they must fulfill that passion without caring with whom am I doing it. And because you have done it, you ruin your relationship with God, you ruin your future, and you become like what Tamar actually said. He said to, 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 to Amnon, you will be like one of the wicked fools. Amnon did not listen. And because he did not listen, he did it, raped her, and later on, the brother of Tamar killed Amnon. Amnon that was destined to become the next king ended up in the grave. Your passion can ruin your life, can destroy your future. He could have been the heir to the throne. But because he listened to his passion, the firstborn ended up in the grave. Don't be like Amnon that must fulfill your sexual passion. Sexual passion should be fulfilled with the right person at the right time. But when you set out to do it with the wrong person at the wrong time, you ruin your future. You have sold your birthright. You have compromised your relationship with God. And your future will be ruined like the future of many people who have lost everything because they yielded themselves to their passion. You are not an animal who cannot be disciplined. You can be disciplined. Discipline demands you say no to your passion. It will not ruin you. If you follow your passion at all times, you will be ruined. So Amnon lost his birthright. Instead of becoming the king, he was buried, young as he was. He lost everything. Reuben did not receive the right of the firstborn. Esau did not receive the right of the firstborn. They also their birthright. How do believers lose their birthright today? Through compromise. You compromise at your place of work. You compromise in your business. You compromise to get married to the wrong person. Get married to a pagan. Get married to somebody who does not have God, who is not a child of God. You compromise in relationship. You violate your conscience. You gratify your passion, your appetite, instead of saying no. By yielding to your appetite, you can lose your relationship with God. You can sell your path right. If you are not disciplined with focus on God, maintaining the right relationship with God, tomorrow you will become like Esau. That God gives your mountains, make your mountain wasteland, giving your inheritance to jackals. You are so determined to succeed, but God is so determined to make sure that you fail. Don't be like that. Why have we shared this? It was an aspect of a divide from the divided family to tell us. Don't ruin your relationship with God and become a fugitive that will miss 
all the blessings that God had in store for you. Be a disciplined person. Walk right with God. Maintain the right relationship with God. And parent ought to train the children to know they will not die if they don't do that particular thing now. It is the responsibility of parents to train their children to become disciplined. To train their children to say no to their appetites. It's a responsibility of parents to let the children know never compromise your relationship with God because you need God on this journey of life. Don't lose God and be laboring to be blessed when the person who will bless you is no longer there in your life. Do not sell your birthright. Protect your relationship with God. Value eternity. Value the treasure God has given to you. The ephemeral things of this world will pass away, but there is something that will not pass away. Don't lose God while laboring to be blessed. You need the God who blesses. He is waiting for you ahead so that you may inherit, receive the inheritance. Don't lose him and lose the inheritance. Don't sell your birthright. Don't be an exile. Run away from every form of compromise. And tomorrow, you will be surprised what your life will become. You will be blessed. You inherit the blessings. For God has called us to inherit the blessings. He has called us to make us great. But don't, make, don't introduce this poison into your relationship with God so that tomorrow the blessing run away from you and your land become a wasteland, your inheritance given to Jackal. That is not what God called you for. 